pencils at sundown get advice and tunes when you don't even know what to freaking do souls at sundown keeps it fresh and new every other friday with megan hughes wow hello everyone Welcome back to Souls at Sundown. This is episode 76, and welcome to 2020. I got a little bit of a delay on my 2020, if I'm being honest with you. I was on a road trip until the end of January, and I just did not want to start any, even though I brought my mic on the road, I did not want to start the podcast on the road because I was just very up in the air with all of my content, um, just wondering when I would like be settled down in a place for long enough to do some work. And so I just figured, you know what, we'll just take the month off from the podcast return when we are at home in Oregon in 2020. So it is the first Friday of February today, and I figured why the hell not start it off, and also why the hell not start it off with a sex-themed episode, because ladies and gentle dudes and every non-gender conforming person in between, we are approaching Valentine's Day, and we are calling up our fuck buddies, we are having dinner with our partners, we are getting saucy, getting sexy, or we are chilling at home alone doing self-pleasure, or maybe we're asexual and we're just chilling at home with no interest, you know? There's a lot of in-betweens in this uh, this upcoming holiday of what you could be getting into. But um, I just wanted to do this because I felt like it was a very relevant topic to this month, and also because I loved doing that episode. Um, it was number 55 of this podcast called The Sex Posse Podcast, and it was one of my most well-received episodes, my most played episodes. And I just loved the feedback on it so much that I wanted to do a second one here today. So this all being said, I have gathered a lot of topics together from Instagram. You guys sent in to me just things to discuss today. You asked a lot of questions and I am here for them, okay? I just compiled so much, screenshotted so much. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Thank you so much for joining me today in another episode of Souls of Sundown. I am super stoked to be getting back into this this year. So... To celebrate 2020, let's talk about the, um, well, let's get into it with like a subtle question, all right? I got a lot of questions about how do I tell somebody I want to bang them? How do I, you know, express my interest for this person? Somebody also framed this question like, he's waiting for me to make the first move, but I want him to make the first move. (laughs) So how do I do that? Um, And, you know, my advice for you guys is if if you do want to bang someone, I feel like you should let them know, but if you are a subtle queen or king or whoever, and you don't want to like be too desperate in the way of making that known, I would just like, you know, subtly text them a couple of things, start to just hang out more, maybe try to set up a day where they like come over and hang out with you to like watch movies or something. And then you just like give them a smooch on the cheek and be like, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry. Are you are you interested <laughs> in getting into this? Because I honestly have initiated so many sexy time things by just a kiss on the cheek. 
it really, it sounds so kind of like prepubescent and maybe a little bit silly, but once you break that initial like, hey, I smooched you, it really makes it a lot easier. And so I would say just try to find a way to like hang out with them and then initiate the first kiss on the cheek smooch because most times people take that as like, a, oh, well now we can make out. Or then once you start making out, now it's time for sex. It's time for the sex. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, I really would not give too much anxiety to this. Like, don't get too anxious over the thoughts of how am I supposed to tell this person that I want to have sex with them because communication is so hot and like desire is so hot. And if somebody just lets me know that they want me, I am all in, you know? I mean, unless I I don't like them that way that I'm not all in. (laughs) But one time I actually had this guy text me and he was like, hey, I got to talk to you. And I was like, what's up, man? And he was just like, I don't know. I just really had a lot on my mind lately. And I've just been like looking for someone to talk to about it. And I was like, okay, go ahead. And he was like, I just have such an issue. I need you to come over and sit on my face. And I was like, holy shit. Wow, really forward. You are so forward. But honestly, I love it. And um, yeah, we could we could arrange that. But yeah, I think that just doing little things like that, being like, hey, I want you, is not a scary thing, even though it seems that way, if that makes sense. You can make it fun, make it sexy, and not desperate, you know? Don't be like, I need you. It's the only thing that I need right now. And like, I'm just so lonely and like, I, I need somebody, please help me, you know? There's a difference between sounding desperate and just expressing desire. (laughs) The next question I got is actually from a guy and it's kind of in broken English. So I don't know if he's just fucking with me or if he actually needs advice, but either way, I'm going to reply back to it. The question is, have you ever titty fucked? And then he kind of went on and was like, I'm shy. I don't know when to make a move on my girl help. And I am just going to answer that question and say, yes, I have many a time. I think that it is more of a luxury to be able to titty fuck somebody um, or get titty fucked if you have big boobs and I was blessed. So I am able to do that, but I understand that not many people are able to do that if they have flatter chests because it's like, what do you grab onto, you know? Um, But yeah, I do love titty fucking. I think it's very fun and it's like kind of a better play on oral sometimes. Like it's more fun to do that because like you just kind of get some spit in there, just like like usher it in and either they can hold your chest and like do and like usher it in themselves or you can hold your chest and like have them do it and then kind of a fun play on oral because it's like right there oh anyways um I won't get into too many details on that because I am just starting to um bring all of those things into my mind and we need to push them aside and stay freaking on on the ball baby okay (laughs) Oh boy. I'd say my advice for you, sir, is to have a conversation with your girl about this, as you called her. Just say something along the lines of like, hey girl, I'm interested in doing some kind of titty fucking. Are you interested in in doing that at all? Or um, I think that we should just try it out. And she would be like, yes or no. And then you could go from there, okay? Consent is queen. So please (laughs) ask her first before you just do it uh, and just see if it would be something she would be interested in. All right? I think that's a 
that was a fun question. I love a good, love a good titty fuck, you know? Okay, my next questions, plural, are all surrounding losing sex drive while in a healthy relationship. Somebody also said losing sex drive while being a woman. Losing sex drive, I'm only 21. Losing sex drive, I've hit the point where I'm tired of sex in my long-term relationship. So for all of these, I would say, you know, this does kind of ebb and flow with long-term relationships. I've been with my partner for a little over three years, and we definitely have struggled with times where, you know, one person is not as horny as the other, or, you know, we're just not having sex as much as we used to be. There's always kind of that period, like the initial start-off period where you're fucking a lot at the beginning. And like once the honeymoon phase is over, you definitely continue having sex and loving on each other, but it's definitely significantly less than, you know, as freaky and frequently as it was at the beginning. At least in our case, it's definitely like that. Sometimes I think back to some of the shit that we did when we were first getting together and I'm like, oh my God, we were wild. Like, why don't we still do that? You know what I mean? And once you have that conversation with your partner of like, why don't we still do that? Then you're like, oh yeah, that was so fun. We should go do that. We should go fucking in a parking garage. We should fuck in the car. Like those types types of things are what bring the spark back for us is like being freaky outside of the home or like in a different place than like just our bedroom um so like different places around the house I realize that not everybody is granted with you know a full house to have free reign of so um you know just switching it up however you please. But again, I think this is easy to say like just switch up the positions or like find somewhere else to fuck. But, you know, I'm not really addressing the root of the problem, which is you don't want to fuck in the first place. And there was one question in there that was like, I'm getting tired of sex. And I would say that the way that you phrased that is slightly red flaggish to me. Not red flag, but maybe like a yellow flag, kind of like a in-between state of like, hey, I'm getting tired of sex. Is that an issue with the relationship that you're in? Is it an issue with your partner? Are you guys in a healthy relationship? Because even if I have a lower sex drive than my partner, I'm still interested in getting there because I'm like, oh, well, obviously sometimes I'm like, oh, no, I'm not really interested in doing this right now. Like if I'm super tired or, you know, whatever the other reason might be, you know, it's totally okay to say no if your partner is, you know, trying to come on to you and you're not as interested. But I think that the issue here is a lot of people dealing with, I'm just not interested at all. And it definitely can take a little bit to get back to that place, you know? And sometimes you just have to go to the root of the problem of your own head first and stop thinking about it so goddamn hard. Because I know when we've struggled with this in the past, you know, it almost puts more pressure on the relationship to be like, hey, you're not fucking me. And I I want more. <laughs> and then the other person's like, I know, like either I've been depressed. I got a question about that, you know, like um, depression leading to loss of sex drive, which is super, super common. So you're not alone in that. Um, but a lot of that is just like allowing time, allowing time for healing the mental state or giving yourself time to kind of come out of your depressive slump in a way. Or, um, you know, sometimes medications make people a little bit less horny. <laughs> like if you're on antidepressants, sometimes it completely stifles your sex drive. And so there's just a whole, a whole lot of things that could be kind of coming into play there. 
But I would say if you are still interested in having sex with your partner um, and you want that, you should express like, hey, I, I, I do want to have sex with you, but just like I've been experiencing just not really being as interested right now. And, you know, I'll let you know when I am. Or if you want to kind of like push through that because it can be hard to get out of, I would say start with like, the basics like start and just say hey can we can we just cuddle or something like that can we just like lay in bed and cuddle or offer them a massage or something and then kind of like touching your partner and like remembering and like having these kind of like sensual moments can lead into you know and then we start making out or like you guys can take a shower together like just fun little things like that just asking them to join I think is is such a fun thing to do or if you are not interested in having actual penetrative sex or oral or anything like that mutual masturbation is like so underrated and so sexy so you could always do something like that and keep the like spark still there but also be involved together in some way where you're not just like masturbating upstairs alone you know? <laughs> so those are my few little tips there, but I definitely, I definitely understand the struggle. I feel like with long-term relationships, it really just sex drive will wax and wane. And it's not like a lack of desire for the person altogether, but it's just like a, a current lack of desire. And then it comes back and you're like, okay, now we're back and we're better and we're going to have really hot sex. So yeah. There, there can be a plus at the end, a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. All right, I've been talking for a hot minute, so I'm going to transition into playing a song. I'm going to play a song by one of my favorite bands, the 1975. My favorite man sings his song, Maddie Healy. So hot, love that man so much. Um, but I'm playing the song Sex by them. I felt like it was very relevant. And shockingly enough, I don't think I've played it on this podcast before, but I have had so many sex-themed episodes. I don't know how I haven't. Maybe I have, you know? Who even knows? I hope you enjoy. And this is how it starts.
and we're back. I just had a brief phone call with my father during recording this. <laughs> While I let the songs play out, I generally like go to the bathroom or let my dog out to go to the bathroom. And during that, I got a call from my dad and I was just sitting there being like, hello, <laughs> hello. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, Meg, I butt dialed you. And I was like, well, I mean, we don't really talk that often. So <laughs> do you want to have a chat, a little catch up? So we just caught up for like 15 minutes. So that was fantastic. Call your parents, folks. Love them so much. A kind of a, a weird segue to say call your parents and then get into the next topics that we're going to discuss. But you know, you can still call your parents and then transition into talking about toys, choking, fetishes, prepping for anal and water-based lubes, folks. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, anyways, yeah, let's get into some of these topics because a lot of you asked like favorite toys or I don't know, like how to use certain toys. So I'm going to go into just generally my personal favorite toys. Also what I, what's on my wish list <laughs> toy wise. So first things first, I think that like, if you are a person with a vagina, you just need to have a vibrator that you know and love. There are a lot of good toy companies that make, you know, like really good um, silicone toys that aren't like bleached with chemicals and like gross and weird. So I would look for just like good toy companies and try not to get from like a shitty cheap company because oftentimes when you do, then they kind of break or fall apart like adam and eve has a lot of really cheap toys this is not a sponsorship um but i've used so many promo codes from people like you know using them from their own sponsorships and then the toys just break because they're honestly pretty shitty quality so i would say invest in good toys is my first tip and for my favorite toys, you know, aside from just having your own little vibrator situation, I have one, I think it's called like the rabbit or something like that, but it's like a regular, you know, vibrator, but then there's also a second little overarching vibrating part for your clitoris. So that's nice. And then you can kind of do both. Um, I also have one that's a little bit, this is so funny to be discussing these things, but honestly, like the more, you know, I think it's helpful. I also have one that is slightly more phallic and realistic. And I really liked that one, but it broke and it doesn't vibrate anymore. So now it's just kind of like a silicone, you know, dick. So, <laughs> Oh yeah, so I have that one too. I kind of liked like the combo of those both, but I also have recently gotten more into loving butt plugs because love anal play, which I will get more into when I talk about prepping for anal in another little um, point that somebody asked about. Um, but yeah, I, I really like those things. I would say glass butt plugs are nice and I have one on a current wish list of mine that either I'll end up buying for myself or maybe Finley will buy it for me. Who even knows? But it's so cute. It has like this little crystal design on the back that's like so beautiful and nice. And it's just like really good glass quality, you know, like a little shorter stem and smaller bulb, you know, nothing too imposing, but nice. So I'd say just find out what you like. I would say start off with vibrators because they're less intimidating and a lot of them are just like 
quiet and nice and fun. There's also a really popular toy called the magic wand. And it's like marketed sometimes as like a back massager, which I'm sure you could use it for. But um, it's also great for <laughs> clitoral stimulation. So you could always look into that too. But it's kind of large, you know, like it has to like be plugged in and it's like big and whatever. Um, I have one of those too, but I don't really use it that often, to be honest with you. Ooh, but something that I did for myself, a gift I bought for myself, if you will, at the end of 2019 is I invested in a yoni crystal wand which is you know oftentimes seen as something that would be used more in tantra or like tantric yoga and those types of things um but also with like womb healing and yoni healing courses and more like the spiritual side of sex and sensuality um, there is a website that I got a crystal, a rose quartz crystal wand from called Yoni Pleasure Palace. And I invested in a little wand for myself from there. And I just love, I love crystals and rose quartz in general. And so having like that crystal wand for self-pleasure has been very good and healing and more like fun for my self-pleasure time, which is something that I... I'm going to also get more into in a second here. I have a lot of topics to discuss, so I need to carry it on. But yeah, Yoni Pleasure Palace is where I got my crystal wand if you guys are into more of like the spiritual side of sex and want to just get something nice. And also it's just like, it's really hard. So it's more of just like, it's not like vibrating. It's just good for regular penetration or self-pleasure and like, you know, more healing self-pleasure sessions. If this all makes sense, love her work, okay? <laughs> Anyways, those are my toy tips, my fave toys, if you will. And I would say if you're looking to incorporate toys into the bedroom, kind of just whip it out and be like, hey, can we play with this? Because most times people are down and they're like, yeah, that's fun. Also, most times my partner just grabs it for me. Like sometimes I'll, you know, have my back to him or something and hear him rummaging around for something. And then I just like see the thing or I hear it turn on and I'm like, oh my God, he got it. That's great. So sometimes I don't even have to ask, which I love because toys are so implemented into our sex routine, if you will, that they are just like always present and no one's ever threatened by them. I always find it funny that men are sometimes threatened by vibrators because it's like, wouldn't you just want me to feel more pleasure? Like, I don't understand. So uh, I would say just introduce toys in whatever way you want. Also, there's like some toys that aren't just like insertion toys, like fun whips or um, little like bondage things like handcuffs and those types of things. So if you are intimidated or your partner is intimidated by penetrative toys, you can always play with stuff like that. Just like get a little pair of handcuffs or get a little fun whip or something like that. You never know what you could be interested in unless you try it out. <laughs> I would say that whips generally, if you don't have a good whip, they break very often. Okay. <laughs> so that's just a, a random side tip as well. Okay. So to summarize the toy conversation, I would say don't feel nervous to use them. Just like get one and maybe practice using it with your self-pleasure me time and then introduce it with your partner or partners in the bedroom. Where is my dog right now? Because she's making a lot of noise. Okay, Rue is eating behind me very loudly. So if you hear her big crunch, you know who it is. Um, but now I'm going to transition to talking about choking. I got one question that was just like choking question mark, good or bad, neither. <laughs> 
And I wouldn't say choking is either good or bad. I would say it's just choking. Some people love to be choked. Some people love to choke other people. I've definitely tried it out a few times and occasionally I'll, you know, have it done to me. But I don't really love to be choked. I don't like really request it that often. Um, unless I move my partner's hands there, I'm really not looking for it at all times. Um, some people, I'm not like shaming people who do enjoy being choked though. Sometimes it's just uncomfortable for me because I'm already losing my breath through sex. It's like, whew, sometimes it's just even, even harder. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, some people get like very in their heads about fetish stuff. So like, I would say that choking is pretty basic introduction to like dom sub fetish. Some people like to be like slapped during sex. Some people love to have like rough sex and choking is part of that. Um, some people like BDSM. Some people love different stuff. And like, that's all kind of borderline fetish play. So I wouldn't shame anybody surrounding what they enjoy because it's obviously different per person. But yeah, choking is definitely like a slight introduction into more rough sex or BDSM play. And I like some of that stuff, but I'm not like a big bondage girl, you know? I like being cuffed sometimes, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not always looking for that. And some people are really, really into um, the the farther level of BDSM and rough stuff. But I, I don't know, I'll get into um, fetish stuff now. So I had a question that was like, fetish stuff, question mark? What's one of your fetishes? And <laughs> this just makes me giggle because it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like only partners should know this about each other. Um, but at the same time, I also feel like the more you know is helpful. And I've also been seeing a ton of fetish stuff on my period app that I use, which is called Flow, F-L-O. And they have a secret chat section, which is just wild, but it's a really, really great and positive place. Oftentimes there are some trolls who go on there and people who judge and do random stuff too but for the most part it's a very supportive community of generally women sharing their sex stories and sex tips and advice with each other and just having these like nice raw chats so we were i was reading something in there about fetishes and a lot of people were talking about like the sub dom kind of fetish and how they love to be dominated and i was reading those things being like damn some people love it like like way harder than I do um, because I do like dom sub stuff but with like a shit ton of communication like I don't want somebody to just like not tell me what they're doing even if it's my partner that I've been with for three years you know but I love to be told what he's going to do to me if that makes sense so I would say that that's kind of like a summary of my fetish this is something that I would love to share with other people just because I think that it really gives the other person a lot of more like fire or leeway with um not leeway what am I trying to say just like a lot more ideas of what they would want to do is when you tell them fuck me how you want <laughs> which is basically like I don't know I, I when I say that I'm like literally do what you want and I'll see how I like it you know and if I'm like oh no don't like that then I'll change it up but that opens the door for 
communication, new positions, and more fun. So that's my personal opinion on that because I got a lot of questions also surrounding like, how do I ask my partner to do new positions? And like, if you just say that little comment, like fuck me how you want or do what you want, they can think of whatever they want in their heads and try it out on you. Maybe something that they've been fantasizing about that they haven't done yet or whatever it might be. Um, Because I got this one question from this gal who was like, my partner only does one position and I don't know, I know he likes it, but like, I wanna switch it up, you know? And if you just say that little introduction um, sentence, I would say that, you know, it could could bring you into different situations. But uh, dom sub fetishes oftentimes have a dynamic that can overwhelm me, which is like not being communicative or being taken advantage of which I have trauma surrounding. So I like it to a certain extent, but I like to know what he's doing. And I like to know, like uh, communication is also just a huge turn on for me. Like, you know, talk to me and tell me what's happening kind of a thing. So yeah, I would say that no matter what your fetish is, I'm not trying to shame anybody. Um, But there was definitely a lot of stuff that I read on the app that I was like, ooh, that is borderline a little bit toxic, sis. (laughs) Because I feel like sometimes people can like romanticize a threatening situation, which really overwhelms and intimidates me. And I feel like there's kind of like a deeper, a deeper thing to be discussed there. But again, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just trying to like, you know, hear why that occurs or understand, I guess, why that occurs. Anyways, we're not going to talk too much about fetishes um, in this specific episode because I am not well-versed in a lot of fetishes, honestly. But there is a show that I have been watching on Netflix called Sex Education, and it is fantastic. The mother in that is basically a sex therapist. And in season two, she has a ton of really good, inclusive, wonderful advice and really like like shouts out a lot of fetishes and different things that people like because she's talking to people who are going through these things. So I would suggest that show to watch. It's a very sex positive show and it gets into a lot of like, hey, you're learning, you're finding these things out about your body and discovering these things. And it's based in high school. So around, you know, like younger kids figuring out what they enjoy. So I would say definitely watch that show. It's fantastic. And honestly, one of my favorite shows that's ever been on Netflix. Um, Now let's talk about prep for anal and water-based lubes. <laughs> I had one question that was like, what kind of lube do I use on my girlfriend? She's like irritated by the one that we're using. And I would say go for a water-based lube because oftentimes condoms can break with oil-based lubricants and you don't want that to happen, okay? And even if you're not using condoms, water-based lubes are generally what I like to go to and finding um, low chemical <laughs> ones like try to find all natural lubricants that don't have a bunch of wild additives i'm really sorry if you can hear rue just like wiling out she is she has a lot of energy right now so i apologize for that um but yeah i would say generally just stick to a water-based lube i don't i don't have like a company that i'm generally like obsessed with i know that necessaire makes a good one that's a nice water-based lube so maybe you could try that one out but transitioning into talking about prepping for anal I would say that definitely get a nice water-based lubricant to have with you during that time. I talked about anal in episode 55 of this, um, and I feel like I've talked about it other times on the podcast, as well as in my sex-themed videos on my YouTube channel. But 
this all being said, I had this one review on iTunes about that specific episode 55 because I was saying in it how the first time that I ever had anal, we didn't use lube, it was just spit. And the person was like horrified that I was recommending to not use lube. And let me just say, I was never recommending that. Um, I feel like everybody should have lube on hand if they're getting into anal play of any extent, especially penetrative anal play. But it just happened that way. Like I was just so ready to go that, you know, spit was all I needed in that particular moment, which I guess shocked that individual who wrote me a negative review. So I just want to say, if you're still listening, I apologize for, you know, offending you with my spit comment. Um, But obviously you need to be warmed up. So with anal play, I think it's really, it's, it's good to start off with oral anal play, just like basically getting your ass eaten out um, and kind of transitioning from there. And then maybe you can introduce fingers or you can introduce like a tiny little dildo or you can introduce a plug. And plugs and vibrators with anal play are really good for while you're also having vaginal intercourse because the person with said penis can feel the anal play that you're having as well. So if it's vibrating in there, they can feel it in your vaginal canal. (laughs) So it's nice because it's like, you know, you're trying both out at the same time while they're also getting pleasure out of your pleasure. So that's fun. But if you don't want both at once, I completely understand. Honestly, most times when I do anal play, it's just that, like we're, we're just focusing on that or we'll transition from having vaginal intercourse to that because you never want to go from anal intercourse straight back to vaginal intercourse because there can be some, some poopy particles. <laughs> for a more immature way to describe it. And you don't want to transfer germs that way. You want to be very clean about it. You need to be cleansing your toys before and after you use them, especially with anal play. Obviously use condoms and be protective with yourselves and make sure that your partners are tested. I got questions about asking your partner if they're tested and how to do that. And like, just straight up ask. That's (laughs) that's my number one thing. If you are too young to have the conversation of, hey, have you been tested? You should not be having sex. Just, I'm going to go ahead and say that because that's the tea. I feel like whenever you are introduced to a new sexual partner, you need to ask those questions and be communicative and friendly and nice about it. Obviously don't just be like, you better be fucking tested, but just be like, Hey, have you been tested? I'm wondering what your results are. But I hope that when you find new partners that you um, get tested as well, because that's what Finley and I did when we first got together, we both got tested. So it was great. Good, nice stuff. And I think that that's kind of summarizing what I was just talking about there. I'm going to play another song because I've been talking a shit ton in this. And I'm going to play this funny ass song by Janae Aiko called Pussy Fairy in parentheses on the way. This is a fantastic song. Love her so much. There's a lyric in the song where she says, that dick made my soul smile. And I was like, oh my God, I feel you, sister. (laughs) So anyways, enjoy this tune. And then I'm going to come back and talk to you guys for a little bit before ending this off. I know that this was kind of rushed, but I did talk about a lot. So I'm going to continue to do so in a second here. Love with me, you can get enough of me. Yeah, 
ass is looking like you stuck with me Cause I got you sprung off in the springtime Fuck all your free time You don't need no me time That's you and me time We be getting so loud That dick make my soul smile That dick made me so damn proud Now lay your head down on a pillow Turn the lights on real low I want you to say my name Close your eyes and let your feels go Now you're getting real close Baby, I am on the way Now that I've got you right here I won't let you down, down Don't be surprised, baby, it's just me don't be surprised, boy, when I bust it wide I hypnotize you with this pussy Now you feel like you can fly I got you sprung off in the springtime Fuck all your free time You don't need no me time That's you and me time We be getting so loud That dick make my soul smile That dick make me so proud Ooh, oh. Lay your head out on a pillow I'ma fuck you real slow to hear you say my name Close your eyes and let your feels go Now you're getting real close Baby, I am on the way to transition to talking about um, slightly a more serious topic, but something that I definitely got sent in a lot, which I actually have an entire video on. So I got a lot of questions surrounding sex post-trauma and what to do to prep for that kind of stuff or like what to do when you get triggered. And um, just generally like also anxiety around being too tight for sex or like having vaginismus. So all of these topics actually were also covered in that sex education show that I was talking to you guys about that's on Netflix. And I felt so like represented when they talked about um, the like sex after trauma and stuff. But I do have an entire video on that, which goes into just a lot more stuff, but it always just goes back to communication with your partner, um, giving it time to heal and also so just like explaining to them that sometimes you aren't in the mood for certain things because you have triggers that remind you of your abuser, which um, is super sad, but super relevant. And just like, if you have a sexual partner, they need to know these things about you. You can't just keep it bottled in and avoid it. And um, there was something that somebody asked that was like, how do I make my partner feel more comfortable 
after my trauma. And I would suggest that you think about how to make yourself more comfortable after trauma during sex. And that will follow suit with what your, your partner just wants you to feel good and have a good time. You know, they don't want to push you past your limits. At least that's what I'm assuming if they are a good communicative person. <laughs> um, they just want you to feel nice. So definitely just open up a conversation outside of the bedroom, you know, just in your everyday life about like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Um, my conversation actually happened because Finley was like giving me a tickle fight and I... <laughs> just kind of freaked out. I don't know why I freaked out, but I was telling him to stop tickling me and then he wouldn't stop. And then I like absolutely, like I had like an anxiety attack because he wasn't listening to me saying stop. And I explained to him after that, I was like, I know you're playing with me and I know we were just tickling and fighting, but I need you to stop when I say stop. Like even if we're just playing a game, um, because that's what triggered me. And that was what brought back up my emotions. So if you have certain things like that, you need to make sure that your partner knows about them so that they can, you know, take note for future stuff. And also when it comes to anxiety around, you know, like being too tight, that was something that I got just like anxiety around that and also anxiety around receiving oral. And these are the types of things where, um, getting too in your head will totally stifle the sexual connection, which is something that you need to work on in yourself in your own time. Um, because vaginismus was covered in that sex education show. And instead of having like the other partner do it to them, they did mutual masturbation to, you know, kind of like ease in to things. So if you're scared about being too tight, I would say, you know, maybe start with mutual masturbation and kind of work your way up and just kind of like try to not let your head get in the way of receiving pleasure. And that totally goes for not getting too in your head for receiving pleasure orally, because I totally have had this same situation a bunch of times where I get scared for somebody to go down on me for whatever reason. You know, it used to be because I was like, I, di I didn't know if my anatomy looked normal. I was like, is this normal? Which it totally does. It fully does. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of like labia anxiety surrounding women. And also they don't know if they like smell bad. <laughs> I got another question that was like, what products do you use to smell good down there? Insist, I don't even use soap down there. I don't use any scented soaps on my area. I just wash with warm water with my hand because that is what is recommended, especially if you are super prone to UTIs or um, yeast infections, you should not be using scented soaps on your vagina, you should just be washing with water. So that's what I do. I do not smell bad down there. I've never had people tell me that I do. Um, I have asked Finley multiple times if, you know, I'm, I smell normal and he's always literally just like, fine, you smell fine. I don't know why you are, you know, so anxious about this. You look great. You smell great, taste great, 25 out of 10, you know? So it's definitely a thing that can, you're the only one getting in front of your head. Obviously like be, have personal hygiene, you know, but you don't need to be too in your head about like douching. Like you don't need to douche your vagina. You don't need to use like summer's Eve products. Like all of those are just 
shaming products to make you feel bad about the natural odor of your vagina, which smells already good and nice and natural like pheromones. So definitely don't get too in your head about that. I also got some questions about anxiety around being not shaven and if it's okay for your partner to ask you um, to shave. And I would say personally, you know, you have the right to do whatever with your body, but also when you are with a partner and they have preferences or they don't enjoy hair down there, like you need to have a conversation about that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to change everything about yourself or start shaving just for that person. But just like, I still groom, you know, even if I don't fully shave everywhere, I still groom. I trim, I do those types of things. So definitely like, I would say just have, yeah, have a conversation. And I think that that's pretty much all of the questions I wanted to cover in this. I'm already going over my 45 minutes for all of you because <laughs> I am just talking so much and needed to cover so much and wanted to cover all of it for you guys so you feel represented and heard. And I definitely didn't get to go through everything. So there will be future sex-themed episodes. I love doing these. They're very fun to me. I love talking about these things with you guys because it just gives me an outlet to share my own personal stuff and help you guys as well. So it's super fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are looking to hear the full version of this episode, you can go to my Patreon. Even if you pledge $1, you get access to my full episodes of the podcast that are an hour long. So I will be resuming it over on my Patreon. It is patreon.com slash Megan Hughes if you want to pledge it. And I also just introduced tiers to my platform. So $1 pledge, you also get writing offerings. The $3 pledge, you get audio and and photo offerings on top of the podcast. And then the $5 pledge is you get video offerings on top of the podcast. So yeah, and all of those I update it weekly. It's very fun. Great time. If you want to become a Patreon peep, again, patreon.com slash Megan Hughes. Love you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this wherever you are listening. If you're listening on SoundCloud, please give me a little like and a repost if you enjoy this episode. If you're listening on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, feel free to share this with your friends or on your Instagram story and let people know you dug it. I love you guys so much. I will talk to you in the next one. Peace.